All right, so here we are once again. It is the third Saturday of the month, and we are here. My name is Apostle and Pastor True, and I have with me Prophet is Free, and we are here to discuss redefining salvation, eternity as you know it. All right. We want to thank you for joining us this morning. We want to thank you for being with us uh, faithfully uh, every month. We really appreciate all of your feedback. We appreciate you spending your Saturday with us. We thank you very much for uh, being a part of our chats on Saturday. All right. So what I would like to do is go ahead and pray us in because the Lord has so much that we're going to talk about. We're talking about why do people go to hell, part two. If you met with us last Saturday, we spoke about why do people go to hell, but we did not exhaust that topic. And so today we are going to talk about why people go to hell, part two. All right. So without further ado, let's go and meet the Lord at his throne. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just worship and praise you. We give you glory and honor this morning, Lord. We give you glory, Father God, for you alone deserve all of the glory. Your word tells us that if you be lifted up, that you will draw all men unto you. And so this morning, Father God, we come lifting you up. We come, Father God, speaking the word of God we come, Father God, trusting that you are here with us and that you are here with every viewer, present and in the future. We thank you, Father God, for taking control of the airways. We thank you, Father God, for binding, Father God, all interference and interruptions. We thank you, Father God, that you are present in each home, car, at the gym, wherever people are, Father God, that they are watching and tuning in, that you are present. We thank you, Father God, for loving us the way that you do and calling us your children. Now, Father God, as we move forward in, the, in our chat and our um, conversation, we just ask that you would be present and that you would have your way, that you, Father, would be glorified in all that we do and say. We give you glory and honor. We do this all in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. All right. So again, we are here. And one of the things that we do is we discuss, at, if you can see this, it says Beyond Salvation. This is the book that Prophetess Key uh, Free uh, wrote. And it is a, it is a, a study guide. It is a, uh, a wonderful book, uh, simply stated and simply um, uh, approachable. It is um, short. It's not uh, extensive, but it is extensive in its understanding of the word of God. It's extensive in understanding uh, the character of Christ and some of the things that God wants to do in our lives as children um, here on earth now. Eternity starts when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And so that's one of the things that we discuss and we talk about. Uh, Prophetess Kay, I mean, Free, did you have something that you need to say? I just want to clarify something um, because this is uh, beyond salvation, redefining eternity as you know it, because lots of times 
um, people think that eternity starts after we die. Um, and as you just stated, eternity starts when we receive Jesus. But I just want to clarify that eternity, eternity is, we are in eternity. Our eternity in the right direction with the right destination starts when we That's receive true. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's why yeah. I love our chats. So much comes out of these. Uh, you know, the Lord is constantly bringing revelation and understanding and expounding on our knowledge. Um, and it's beautiful. So I, I encourage you also to, you can find our previous uh, chats um, on God, uh, God's Love Song Ministry. You can find it here on True Free Love Ministry page. Um, and if you would like to go ahead and review those uh, and catch up, then by all means, we encourage you to do so. But I also encourage you uh, to purchase the book why? Because it's a good, it's a great study tool. It really is. If you have small groups, if you are teaching um, new believers who are coming in, this is a great tool to be used to introduce them to Christ, salvation, and um, just about anything in scripture. A good way to even learn uh, scripture so that they can stand on the word of God for themselves. So again, welcome, welcome, welcome. We thank you for being with us. And I am going to uh, just kind of reiterate just a little bit because I'm going to allow Prophetess Free to do so. I'm going to allow her to um, uh, do a full recap about what we did uh, last month. But I just wanted to um, let you know that we have not exhausted um, the topic of hell. And we don't, we don't, we're not looking to do that, but we do want to put things in perspective. We're not saying that there are people who's going to hell. We're not talking about who's going to hell because we don't know that. What we're talking about is why. And there is a, there are a few scriptures that we are going to look at today uh, a little bit further. We're going to go a little bit deeper. And we're going to go ahead and uh, get into those. But before I do that, let me, and, and I think I'm just going to start by reading that. That Hold on, Apostle yes. True, please. Yes. Let me do some housekeeping. Let me do some housekeeping first so we can okay. get everybody prepared. Absolutely. Um, Go right ahead. Message. Okay. So um, <laughs> for, for you all, please like, tag, and share. Invite others to watch. And then also, if you know people who would like to watch, but they don't have... Um, Facebook. They don't have Facebook. They can go to my God's Love Song Ministries um, website and go to Eternity Chats. They can go to this link right here and you will see Apostle True's Facebook page, True Free Love, and then the chat will be right up there on that page on my website. So if you know people who don't have Facebook or don't like to get on Facebook or it's easier to access a website, send them to this address right here, godslovesongministries.com slash eternity chats eternity dash chats and also um apostle true was saying earlier that if you want to catch previous episodes the previous episodes are also on this page underneath um, apostle true's facebook page so it's all there in one convenient spot god's love song ministries.com slash eternity dash dash chats okay praise the lord 
All right. So um, also you get prepared. Get your Bible, get your pen, get your journal, your notebook, whatever it is, so that you can capture what Holy Spirit is saying to you. And don't feel that it's important to write down every word I say or every word Apostle True says. Uh, we are speaking, but hear God's voice in what we say. Hear what he is saying to you and capture it on paper so you can go back, you can pray over it, you can revisit it. Because I'm here to tell you, when we're under the anointing, we meaning all of us, you listening, when we're under the anointing and it just seems so good and so real, and oh, I'll never forget this. Yeah, you don't realize you're under the anointing. <laughs> but then when time goes on, you'd be like, what was it? What was it? Mm -hmm. Write it down so you can capture it and revisit it. Okay? Because guess what? God's holding you accountable for what he's spoken to you. All sure. right? Amen. Okay. Now, here's the other part of getting prepared. Set yourself to be in agreement with the word of God, whether your natural mind comprehends it or not. First uh, Corinthians chapter two, four, chapter two, verse 14 tells us that the natural man, and I'll say the natural mind, cannot receive the things of God because they are spiritually discerned. Our natural being, our physical carnal being cannot comprehend obtain or receive spiritual things we must receive them with our spirit so set yourself to be in agreement with the word of god whether your natural mind comprehends it or not and when i say yourself i'm talking about that self of you that part of you the spirit being which is the real you that is already in 100 percent communication with god and that's where holy spirit is too and he's the spirit of truth so trust that he's not going to let anything in that's not true. And the truth that does come in that you don't understand or comprehend, he's going to minister it to you so that you do. Don't we serve mm -hmm. a wonderful God? Glory to God. Mm -hmm. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. And so come to listen with fresh ears, fresh hearing. Some of this you may have heard before. And if you have and you're already in agreement with it, don't receive it like it's already familiar because you're going to miss the fresh that God has for you. So hear it with fresh ears. And then if you've heard it before and you're like, nope, I'm not trying to hear that again, hear it with fresh ears and set yourself to be in agreement with the word of God, whether your natural mind understands it or not. And then choose, you must choose to receive the word. You must choose to receive the word. Um, John chapter 8, Jesus is talking and he says, um, if you continue in my word, you shall be my mm -hmm. disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So you must choose to continue in his word because then you become his disciples. Then you learn from him. And as you're learning from him, he's not going to teach you anything but the truth. And as you choose to receive the truth that he teaches, you'll know the truth. And as you know that truth, it will make you free. So choose to receive the word. So I want to lead you in this confession as we prepare to receive this word today. Amen? All right. So repeat after me. I will continue in God's word. I will continue in God's word. I will know the truth. I will know the truth. 
I choose to allow the truth. I choose to allow the truth to make me free. To make me free. I stand in freedom. I stand in freedom. I will remain free indeed. I will remain free indeed. Truly free. Truly free. Really free. Really free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Let me tell you something. There's an anointing here for freedom today. <laughs> there's, I feel now, there's whatever has had you bound. And you know, sometimes we've been bound by things for so long that we don't even know we're bound. Mm. Come you on. Know that? I'm telling you, there's an anoint. I feel y'all I'm trying. <laughs> there's an anointing here for freedom today. Mental freedom, emotional freedom, physical yes. freedom financial freedom, any kind of freedom you need, there's an anointing on, here today. Choose to receive the truth. God's going to speak the truth to you today. Choose to receive it and allow yourself to be made free. And then when you are, stand in that freedom. Stand in that freedom because I'm going to tell you now, Satan's not just going to stand back and let you be free. Mm-hmm. He's going to come back and try to put you in Absolutely. that bondage again. But you need to stand in that freedom and say, oh, no, you don't. I am free indeed. So take what you take it on away because that doesn't belong to me in the name of Jesus. But I'm here to tell you whatever's had you bound, whatever has been harassing you this week, whatever has been trying to get you down this week, whatever has immobilized you this week, whatever has had you regressing and going backwards this week, whatever has had you questioning yourself, questioning your relationship with God, questioning your salvation, questioning your worth. There's an anointing here for freedom today. Be free in the name of Jesus. Be free. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank Thank you, Lord. Can we just take a minute and just praise him, please? Just thank you, Lord. That you love us. Thank you for freedom. Yes, Lord. Thank you for freedom. Glory to God. And let me tell you something. When you've been bound and you get a taste of freedom, oh, you don't want to go back. You don't want to go back. Oh my gosh, when you've been just the heavy, I, I know I, I hear the chains breaking and falling. Mm-hmm. I feel the heavy loads mm-hmm. lifting. I, 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 I sense that people are feeling like an air of lightness that you haven't felt in a long time. God is delivering you. He's making you free. Choose to receive it in Jesus' name. And the truth will make you free. The truth of what got you in that bondage in the first place. The truth of what not to do so you won't go back into that bondage. The truth of things that you need to give up. The truth of things you need to take up. The truth. Receive it and allow it to make you free. God's heart is for us to be free. Hallelujah. He's visiting us today. Amen. I sense I, I, his presence is all over me. He's visiting us today. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. His heart Hallelujah. is for us to be free. And that is why he has us doing this series on why do people go to hell? Hell is not our message. I hope after listening to us last month, you understand that the title of this is not, Why Do People Go to Hell? The title of the message is, 
Why do people go to hell? And if you listened and had ears to hear, you heard that the only reason people go to hell is because they don't receive Jesus. But that God gave us Jesus, hallelujah, so we could receive Amen. him so we wouldn't go. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's not even why he gave his son. He wasn't saying, oh my gosh, all these people are going to go to hell. I have to do something. Not going to hell is just a byproduct. He gave us Jesus because he loves us. He gave us Jesus because he wanted us to have his quality of life. He wanted us to enjoy yes, all the yes. good things that he prepared for us, all the good things that he had for mm. us mm. and has for us. That's why he gave us Jesus. Mm. Mm. But what has happened over the years and over the generations is that people give that altar call, come receive Jesus as your savior. And now you get to live forever with God in heaven. And that's what salvation has come to. That's why the name of this teaching series, these eternity chats, it's beyond salvation, beyond the traditional thought of, okay, I received Jesus, now I get to go right. to heaven. It's beyond salvation, and it's redefining eternity as you know it. Because we want you to know, again, that eternity doesn't start after you die, and you either go to heaven forever or hell forever. That, that's not what eternity is. Eternity just always was, because God is an eternal God. He always existed. He, he was never created and he will never be destroyed. He always existed. He is eternal. So eternity has always been. And even he had us in our thoughts. So guess what? We are eternal beings. We're just living inside this thing called time here on earth. But we're going to live forever. Now, what's your final destination? That's what we're talking about. Right. And so it's, as we said earlier, eternity just is. But the moment you make Jesus your Lord, that's when your eternity starts going in the right direction. That's when you're going to the, the good destination. That's when you're going to be with God forever. And I'm going to throw this out here. And I know God will have us minister this at another time. But heaven is not the final, final, final. It's not because he's got a new earth <laughs> and a new heaven for us so that's a whole nother thing but eternity we are living eternity now and god wants us to have eternal life that's one of the foundation scriptures of this ministry you know the first one is john three sixteen. for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then Jesus defined that in John 17, 3, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he has, whom thou hast sent. To know him is not just, okay, I, I know who God is, or I have knowledge of God, but no, to intimately know him and to become one with him and to live his very life. That word life in the Greek is zoe. And one way of defining it, it's the God quality of life. It's the essence of God himself. That's what he wants us to live. And so all the teachings that Apostle True and I have done up to this point and we're still just in the beginning of the book. 
<laughs> why do people go to hell? Why do people go to hell for not receiving Jesus? So let's just get that out of the way. Let's just receive Jesus. Let's just make him Lord and then know that everything that God has for us is for us. Right. Because we're going somewhere with this. The reason we're discussing this is to share God's heart, to share God's character. The reason um, Apostle True mentioned the last couple of sessions that this, that this section, why, why do people go to hell is in the beginning of the book, in the first part of the book, because we want to get all misconceptions out of the way. We want to get all hindrances out of the way that will keep you from receiving the things of God. That's why the book is called Beyond Salvation, The Art of Receiving God's Promises. Because what happens is believers, they, they're so busy trying to stay out of hell. They're so busy trying to be right with God. They're so busy trying to do things in their own self-effort that they're sabotaging themselves and, and begging God to do things when God says, I've already provided it for you. It's already here. It's already yours. What, what, why are you working so hard? Why are you trying so hard? Now, that's not to say that we aren't to live a holy life, that we aren't to be righteous. But it is to know that God has made us righteous. And if we couldn't do anything to make ourselves righteous, why do we think we can do something to keep ourselves righteous? Right. No, the only thing we can do is to receive the righteousness that God has provided to us. The scripture says Jesus is made unto us righteousness. He is our righteousness. So we receive him, receive him for who he is, receive him for what he is. And this is why it's important to make Jesus Lord. When you make him Lord, you'll do what he says. So when righteousness says do this, you do it. And it works out. Why? Because you are righteous. He made you righteous. And then righteousness told you what to do. I love it when a plan comes together. Don't we all? <laughs> okay. So praise the Lord. Why do people go to hell? Last month, this is the bottom line. This is the, well, let me just, we're not here to debate we're not here to get all theological. We're just here to share God's heart and God's love. Why do people go to hell? Because they don't receive Jesus. They don't make him Lord. That's the only thing. And so um, here in the book, <clears throat> Apostle True, I believe you wanted to read this first sentence. Absolutely, absolutely. But before we do that, I just wanted to say, as you were talking, I, I, I just kept seeing this picture of uh, clear water like not like we would see in the Bahamas or or anything like that but it was it was like a beach because you were stand you know you stood on the shore but the water was so clear and all I kept seeing was a, a person with their feet in the water and that's the first step maybe you know asking the Lord to come into your life because you're unable to free yourself from certain things and you keep going into you know going around that same mountain around that same mulberry bush same wilderness experience and you step into the water and the more you take the step to come into a relationship and intimacy with god the more you're going to get wet 
the water begins to oh, rise. Hallelujah. hallelujah. So if you have clothes on, your pants will start to get what you will be. The more you immerse yourself, the more you receive of that living water, the more you receive of Holy Spirit, the more you come to understand Christ Jesus, and the more you come to understand Father God. And to the point where you are totally immersed, Man. waist, neck, and then you have to go deeper. You have to be covered. Lord. You have to have that 100% connection because what happens is, as I explained, if you have the visual, each place that's getting wet, there's no room now for those things that kept uh, snaring you. The closer you get to Holy Spirit, the deeper oh. you immerse yourself, those things can't stick to you anymore because the Holy Spirit has taken up residence there. And then when you immerse yourself, when you go below and you just immerse your full self in there, mind of Christ, everything, you now are flowing. And the things of Christ, because the word of God tells us that the children of God are led by the spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Immerse yourself in Christ. Immerse yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into all truth. Allow the Holy Spirit. We are just representations, represent, representing Christ. We are here to speak the word of God. We are here, as you heard, prophetess free explain and open us up to a better understanding of what God is wanting for us. He wants us to have a better life. And there is so much, so much more. We are not even, we really are just walking you to the tip of the water. It is your choice to immerse yourself in it. It is your choice to do so. And I believe that because the spirit of the living God is here and he is in you, you will do that. Why? Because you love the Lord and you want more of him and less of you. I just wanted to say that because that's what I kept seeing. But I encourage you to immerse yourself in the word of God, immerse yourself in the spirit and trust him. So. Amen. And I'm here to just do this confession again. So everybody repeat after me. I will continue in God's word. I will continue in God's word. I will know the truth. I will know the truth. I choose to allow the truth. I, I choose to allow the truth. To make me free. To make me free. I stand in my freedom. I stand in my freedom. I will remain free indeed. I will remain free indeed. Truly free. Truly free. Really free. Really free. Amen. And I just see you all covered with water amen. under the water you, covered Jesus. and totally immersed submerged amen 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 so um for those of you who have the book i am just going to simply read the footnote we did not this is the second part the uh, the first part that we spoke about uh last month was really uh explaining uh some of the differences in um understanding um, what uh, understanding sin and sins 
yeah. that yeah. sins do not, the sins that we commit do not send us to hell. I'll say that again. You're smoking, you're drinking, you're fornicating. Those things are, you should be getting rid of those and they shall, they will go. But those are not the things that will send you to hell. Not receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And once you have and turning away from him, after you've entered into a relationship and you've um, tasted to see that the Holy Spirit is good, that he's been revealing to you and you've been walking with him and you've been set free. And all of a sudden, what for whatever reason you and, and there are reasons and i if we have uh, a chance i will show you some scripture regarding uh people making uh, a 180 from christ but the basis of why people why people go to hell is because once they've come to know christ for whatever reason and there's many of them or a few of them that they turn and say, I don't want this anymore. Okay, so if they don't want this, where do they go? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. Because there is a place that they that they turn to. Most people turn to a lot of different things because they decided that what they are receiving from Holy Spirit in the life, that, because sometimes it's not easy um, holding on to okay. God's promises because some things don't happen right away and sometimes we want instant gratification and so we start dibbling and dabbling in things and when we get instant gratification we start to see the evidence see that's that's the thing that's the thing when we start seeing the evidence of money coming in when we start seeing the evidence of uh certain things that we say and do and if something that we submitted to and all of a sudden things start going our way not god is not going to give you everything that you ask for because you don't need everything and he wants you to be dependent on him and i don't want to diverge from where we're going but there are reasons why people leave christ and go to another uh route and uh prophetess priest stated um something she said that um which uh, eternity is now right we are right in it but what path are we going to take because there is an eternity hell is an eternity as well so I, we've said a lot we can talk all day about these things but we want to kind of uh bring things in and we're going to look at some scriptures but i would like to read the footnotes so like i said if you have the book then on page six, six the footnotes kind of bring together did you want to say something prophetess no i'm saying we're talking about the footnotes but if we just read the sentence first we can go into the footnotes because this mm -hmm. is the this is the substance yeah mm -hmm. of them if you like okay so Basically, the footnotes are what is the meat of the other coin, okay, or the other side, the second part of what we're going to talk about. And so I'm going to go ahead and, like I said, if you have the book, it's at the bottom of six, but I will read that first paragraph. And then I'm going to hand it over to Prophetess Free so that she can go ahead and 
break down that uh, those footnotes. There are scriptures there, so uh, I pray that you have your Bibles with you and your pens and your notebooks. So without further ado, let me go ahead and read this. It says on page six, that bold says, why do people go to hell? And the paragraph states, despite what religion has taught, there is only one sin for which people go to hell. That of not believing on Jesus. And then you will see the little footnote citations. I know, I know. This is a strong statement and it contradicts what many of you have always believed. Remember, set yourself to be in agreement with God's word. Even your mind does not, even if your mind does not yet comprehend it. If you open to receive the truth, the truth is what you will receive. All right. Now, I am going to just read through the footnotes. And then I'm going to pass it over to Prophetess. All right? All right? Okay. All right. So the footnotes start with uh, see John 16 and 9. And then the second footnote states, many object to this assertion, which we just spoke of, that there are um, that not believing on Jesus. Uh, but many object to this assertion, saying that the one unpardonable, unpardonable sin is the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. And I know you've heard that. All of you, if, if not many of you who know the word of God have heard that. Mark 3.29 is listed. Then it says, while this objection is not incorrect, it is incomplete. Blasphemy against the Holy Ghost occurs when one has tasted of the heavenly gift, was made a partaker of the Holy Ghost, has tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. Hebrews 6, 4, and 5. And then decides to turn away from God. Hence, blasphemy against the Holy Ghost can only be committed by one who has walked in seasoned, mature relationship with Christ. According to Hebrews 6, 4, and 6, it is impossible for those who were once enlightened to the gospel of Jesus Christ to be renewed again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. In other words, they have chosen not to believe on Jesus, thus not believing on Jesus and blaspheming the Holy Ghost are two sides of the same coin. You have the floor, prophets. Okay. So again, I know we've said it many times, just today alone, but the one sin for which people go to hell is that of not receiving in Jesus, uh, not receiving Jesus. So the scriptural support for that is John chapter 16, verse 9. Um, if you have it in your Bible, um, I'll actually read verses 8 and 9. But if you have the book, I'm at the bottom of page 11 because I make the emphasis out of um, a few different versions of the Bible. But John chapter 16, verses 8 and 9. So if you have your Bible, turn there. And if you have the book, I'm at the very bottom of um, page 11. In John chapter 16, verses 8 and 9, Jesus, speaking of the Holy Spirit, explains, And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. 
All right, and if we look at that in the Amplified Classic, it says about sin, because they do not believe in me, trust in, rely on, and adhere to me. The Message Translation says, speaking again of the Holy Spirit, he'll show them that their refusal to believe me is their basic sin. So I don't think Jesus could say it any more clearly. The only sin for which people go to hell is that of not believing in Jesus. And we explained it last time. Why? Because Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. It's not like God is angry at you and you're a bad person because you don't receive Jesus. It's because God gave you the only thing. We use the, the illustration of someone in the water drowning. Save me, save me. And, Jesus, and God throws them the inner tube named Jesus. But the person refuses to take the inner tube. So the person drowns. That's why you go to hell. That's why people go to hell. Because they don't believe in Jesus. Now, if they believe in Jesus, all the other sins, all the other sinful acts, we can deal with those. I can, I can deliver you from those. I can heal you of those. I can, but if you don't receive me, then I can't, I can't deliver you from the other sins. So the, the only sin that sends people to hell is their choice not to receive Jesus. Okay? All right. So now we're going back to page six and we're going to go to the footnote. Just like religion has taught that, okay, receive Jesus and you get to go to heaven and, and kind of leave it there. And I'm calling it religion because, um, and hear what I'm saying when I say religion. I'm not, religion in and of itself detaches itself from the heart of God. And so we get farther and farther away from the truth of God, which is how people fall into tradition they fall into religion. If I go to church every Sunday, or if I pray every morning, if I fast every week, you know, if I'm a good person, I get to go to heaven. That's a religion that's not based on the truth of the word of God. All right. So another thing that we hear in religious circles is that um, the only unpardonable sin is that of blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. And that is an unpardonable sin. That's why in the footnote it says that that assertion is not um, incorrect, but it is incomplete because religion has gone on to misdefine. I think I made up a word to define <laughs> to define blasphemy incorrectly. Okay, um, and, and it's, it's like, what is blasphemy of the Holy Ghost? And then if anybody's like me, right, I'm really loving the Lord. And I'm like, whatever I do, I don't want to blaspheme the Holy Ghost, but I don't know what that means. So I got to be careful of everything I do because I might accidentally <laughs> blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Okay, you cannot accidentally blaspheme the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I, so right. take comfort in that. Take comfort in that you cannot accidentally blaspheme the Holy Ghost. And I know this mm. might sound different than what you're used to hearing. But again, hear it with fresh ears, set yourself to be in agreement with the word of God, and let's go through this bite by bite together, okay? All right, so let's start in Mark chapter 3, 
And I'll read verses 22 through 30. In the footnote, Mark chapter 3, verse 29 is referenced. But we're going to read it and get um, the context. And we're going to talk about this blasphemy. All right? So that's Mark 3. Mm hmm and we'll start at verse 22. Uh, before I start reading, though, I want to give you a little background. Um, so Jesus had been healing people. He'd been casting out demons. He had large crowds following him. And even people who were sick, they would just come and throng him. They just wanted to press their body against his. They just wanted to touch him because he was so full of healing. He healed you know, a, a lot of people. He healed everybody he came to who would let them. All right, so this is what's going on. And now here we are in verse 22. Um, we see the... Um, Am I there? Yes. The scribes come on the scene. The scribes are the legal minds of the day. All right. Um, Mark chapter three, verse 22. And the scribes, which came down from Jerusalem, said, he hath Beelzebub, Beelzebub, and by the prince of devil, he cast it, casted he out devils. And verse 23, and he called them unto him and said unto them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. Verse 27. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Verse 28, verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men and blasphemies wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. Verse 30, because they said he hath an unclean spirit. So this is where we get that the unpardonable sin is that of blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. Verse 30, um, excuse me, verse 29, but he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. But now let's look at this scripture in context, okay? So like I said in the background, Jesus had been healing. He'd been casting out devils. The people are coming to him to be healed. The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, and the scribes, who were also part of the Pharisees, there's a complicated um, relationship there, but the scribes, the legal minds of the day, they didn't like it because Jesus was starting to influence the people. And the Pharisees knew that if the people started listening to Jesus, that they would stop listening to them. The Pharisees knew that they would no longer have authority and influence over the people, and they did not like that. In another account, which is in um, Matthew, the people said, is this the son of David? And that term, son of David, means the Messiah. So that means they were beginning to see Jesus for who he was. And the Pharisees thought that if the Messiah came, they knew that he would rule a new kingdom. So they thought the kingdom was being ripped out 
from them. They thought they would no longer be in control. So they really had it out for Jesus. And they tried to take him down every chance they got. Okay? So that's why the scribes here, verse 22, um, they said, he hath Beelzebub. And by the prince of devil, he casteth out devils. They are making this, it's not just an accusation. It's certainly not a misunderstanding. It is an intentional and malicious statement that they made. He's casting out devils by the power of the devil. They're trying to make Jesus look bad in the sight of the people. But Jesus called them unto him and he says, wait a minute now. How can Satan cast out Satan? In other words, this is ludicrous, right? It doesn't even make sense. How, how, how are you smart legal minds bringing this up? How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. So he's making, not just making the case, but he's making the point here that if I'm casting out the devil by the power of the devil, hello, that doesn't even make sense. All right. And then, um, and the same thing, verse 26, if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. So now I'm going to jump down to verse 28, because we get to see the heart of what Jesus is saying here. Um, and then we're going to go over to Mark, I mean, to Matthew, because I believe the Lord wants to point some things out in that scripture as well. Verse 28, verily I say unto you, now this is Jesus, we might say he's shooting a shot over the bow. This is him backing them off and just really letting them know what they're in for. Verily I said, because they just told, they just accused him of casting out demons by the power of the devil. Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven to the sons of men and blasphemies for whithsoever they blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost never has forgiveness. He who attributes the work of God to the devil, like you just did to me, if you don't get it straight, he that blasphemes against the Holy Ghost never has forgiveness, but is in danger of hell fire. What was he saying? He was actually, get this now, in his mercy, he was actually letting the Pharisees know what their plight would be if they did not change their ways. They've got now they're already sinners, okay? So it's not like they can fall away. They they haven't received Jesus yet. This is important to know. They haven't received Jesus yet, but when Jesus is there, they are opposing him and they are attributing the works that they they know the work is supernatural. They know the work is supernatural, which is why they had to attribute it to another power. But rather than attributing the power to God, they attribute it to, de to the devil. And Jesus, saying, Jesus is saying, if you keep down this road, it's going to make your heart harder and harder. And you're going to get to, like right now, there might be something in you that will, and I'm just going to say, receive Jesus one day. But you keep going down this road, you're going to, your heart's going to get harder and harder and harder until... You're not even going to entertain the thought. There's going to be no, and you're going to be in danger of hellfire because you have rejected Jesus on every hand. And you have made that choice to, to, to attribute the good things that you see that God is doing. You've attributed it to the devil. Your heart's getting hard. That's, mm-mm, mm-mm. You're not going to make it in because you are hardening your heart. 
Now, I've gotten that through a lot of study. So I encourage you all, if you're like, what is she saying? Receive, hear it with fresh ears. Set yourself to be in agreement with the word of God. Take notes and ask Holy Spirit to minister it to you. But study your Bible. Study it out. Get commentaries, get dictionaries, get these things. Um, and study it out. Which reminds me, let's talk about the word blaspheme. The word blaspheme, it just means to slander. It means to speak lightly or profanely of sacred things. You can blaspheme a person. You can blaspheme God. But properly meaning the, the heart of this, the, the, the essence of this word, it means refusing to acknowledge good. It means just setting your feet in the, what in the, I don't know, cement, whatever, but just standing there and refusing to acknowledge good, refusing to give respect, refusing to give reverence. And so this is blasphemy, which reverses moral values. Anybody who knows the word, you know, this is bringing Romans chapter one to mind, where it says that knowing God, they acknowledged him not as God. And further down in the scripture it says, and he turned them over to a reprobate mind. This is what happens when we refuse to acknowledge God as God. That's blasphemy. And speaking ill of him because you refuse to reverence him as God, because you refuse to acknowledge him of God as God. I wish I had, I'm like, anybody have questions? That's, that's my teaching style there. Um, Apostle True, do you have anything to say um, that you'd like to say at this point? Um, only that uh, as you were, as you were talking, um, it kind of reminds me of when you said standing firm or standing in the sand, removing, refusing to budge. The scripture that comes to mind is, uh, Moses, when he goes to the Pharaoh and tells him to set God's people free. And sometimes people misunderstand the scripture when it says that um, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. heart yeah. And it doesn't mean that God set out to harden his heart. Like, I'm not going to let you believe anything that I'm doing. No. No, what that means is that God set out to show Pharaoh and the world what a heart and heart. The cat, one of the things that Holy Spirit does is reveal to us the nature of sin. That's what the scripture says. If we read it in the Amplified, even in the um, extended uh, Bible version, it, it states that, and I'll, and I'll read it simply here it says and um it says in verse eight he's talking about holy spirit and when he comes will convict the world about the guilt of sin and the need for savior and about the righteousness and about judgment about sin and the true nature of it because they do not believe in me and my message the true nature of a person so when someone refuses to attribute everything that you see because you do not do one thing 
to sustain and maintain and keep the stars in the sky. You do not order the sun to rise or set, not one thing. You lay down at night, you wake up in the morning and you expect these things to still be doing the work that God had ordained it to do. You have no excuse. There is not a man on earth who has anything. I'm not saying that we can't travel, that God has not given man the mind to know how to get to the moon and Mars and those things. They did not create them, set them in order and command them to do what he has told them to do day after day, minute after minute. Nobody does that. So when Pharaoh set his heart not to believe and what the message that Moses brought, he showed them the nature of his heart, the nature of man when we do not receive um, God. And in, in, uh, in this uh, state, did not receive Jesus Christ. Because we remember Moses is, Moses, uh, God told Moses that I will raise up um, a servant like you. This is what this is talking about. So Pharaoh heart was hardened and God just showed us a picture of what a heart and heart, no matter what miracle he did. He said, no, he would attribute whatever you do, my sorcerers can do, my diviners can do, my fortune tellers could do. He attribute the works of the devil with Holy Spirit. And so that's as plain as I can make it for you. If you, again, if yeah. you blaspheming the Holy Spirit, that does not mean doing it out of ignorance. That means that you are knowingly right. You are saying that stuff. I, I look, I already know about witchcraft and raising the dead and throwing same uh, incantations and things like that. You can't fool me with that. And the truth is, everything that Moses did was 10 times. I mean, there was just no reason for him to deny. And every time he did, God had to show him, I am greater than these gods that you profess that are gods, which are not gods at all. So that's what, um, that's what I'm getting. That's how I see this um, as this blasphemy. And this is this is really the, the meat of what God is saying, the nature of sin, the nature of sin, the nature of sin that gets you um, separated from the Lord is simply digging in your heels. And no matter what God does, because there are some of us who have seen God do great things and we cannot attribute it to anything else. We know without a shadow of a doubt that could not have happened unless God had has uh, stepped in and, and saved me. Because I, I literally seen the bullet come into my head and then drop. I, I literally seen myself being picked up out of the car. I wasn't thrown. Everybody keeps thinking I was thrown out of the car, but I was literally picked up and set down. That is why I didn't have any scrap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you say no. Hallelujah. I can rationally say, because I, when I look, 
There have been things where people, I've, I've read where people have been um, miraculously, uh, you know, saved from certain things. And it, it's, it's just a phenomenon. It's not something that's, no, no, no. Amen. Heart has hardened to the truth. And instead of you investigating and saying to yourself, as you know, you should, Lord, is that you? <laughs> right. And it's like, Puzzle True, as you were speaking, it comes down to two words, willful denial. Will, I'm choosing to, even though I know it's different, I'm choosing to deny the power of God. I'm choosing to deny the existence of God. I'm choosing to deny that this is a manifestation of the power of God. It's that willful denial. So put a pin in that, hold on. That means like tack it up on the wall, keep it here. Because this is going to be important when we um, go into the, a later part about talking about blaspheming the Holy Ghost and why it's the other side of the coin um, from not receiving Jesus. But let me take this moment. I said, you know, if I were in Bible study, I'd be like, does anybody have any questions? Well, this is a great time to share with you that if you do have questions, glory to God, then you can email us at eternity chat at God's love song ministries.com. Oops, sorry, you guys, hold on. Push the wrong button. There we go. Email us eternity chat at God's love song ministries.com. Send your questions there. We'll be happy to pray over them, read them and answer them for you. We will get back to you. It might not be in real time, like as soon as you email or even in a couple of days, but we will get back to you. Um, so if you have questions, email us at eternitychat at godslovesongministries.com. All right. So now turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Yes, and we will start again at verse 22. This is another account of what we just read in, in Mark's gospel. So I'll just start at 22, not sure where I'll stop. But you'll see similarities, but there are going to be some nuances that I want to bring out. Verse 22. Then was brought unto him, one talking about Jesus, then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. Hallelujah. And all the people were amazed and said, is this the son of David? That's what I referenced before. And the son of David is another word for Messiah. That means they were understanding who Jesus was. Verse 24. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. Now get this. This is what I want to pay attention to. Verse 25. And Jesus knew their thoughts. So we see in verse 24 that the Pharisees said. And verse 25, it doesn't say Jesus heard what they said. It says Jesus knew their thoughts. In other words, he knew the reason why they said what they said. So, and Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, 
Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then shall his kingdom stand? So where it says Jesus knew their thoughts, remember I explained that it was a malicious intent of the Pharisees. They wanted to discredit Jesus in the eyes of the people. This is their thoughts behind the words they said. So it's like Jesus is saying, I peep you, I get you, you can't hide from me. I know exactly what you're up to. All right. Now here, check this out. He calls them to the carpet in verse 27. He says, and if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? See, the Pharisees had disciples. They had people who were going about casting out demons. Anybody remember the seven sons of Sceva? There were other people who were doing these things, okay? Um, the only problem is with, with the sons of Sceva, they tried to use Jesus's name without having the authority to use Jesus's name. So don't, don't get it mixed they, up here. They didn't but, have a relationship. They did they not didn't receive. They the were, Jesus by whom Paul preaches. Right. This was hearsay. They didn't have a relationship. They didn't know right. Jesus for themselves. And they definitely didn't know the word of God. So there you go. Okay. But people were walking around doing it. So Jesus is saying in verse 27, and if I, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? By whom do your disciples cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. In other words, you go to them, tell them they cast out demons by the power of the devil and see what they say to you. They're going to be your judges. They're going to condemn you. I'm not going to say a word. Verse 27, I mean, verse 28, excuse me. But if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. In other words, if you have to admit that I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then you knew that you know that your time is short. You know that your time of being like you're being is short. The kingdom of God has come to you like sooner than you expected. And that's what they didn't like. That's why they were trying to discredit Jesus in the sight of the people. Okay, um, verse, thir uh, verse 29, or let's just jump down to verse 30. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. Let me just pause right there. All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. That means for those who choose to receive Jesus, there's no sin that they can do that won't be forgiven. Isn't that wonderful? That's marvelous. That supports what we're telling you, that the only sin that people go to hell for is that of not receiving Jesus, because he says all sin can be forgiven. The implied thing is once they receive me. All right. So all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto man, unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that draws us. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. No man cometh unto the Father except the Father draw him, right? And it's the Holy Spirit that does the drawing. And if you're constantly willfully denying the power of the Holy Spirit, 
willfully rejecting the draw of the Holy Spirit, then again, you're cutting yourself off from the one who can save you. Are you all understanding this? So blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is not something that you can do casually. Your mind is made up. It's a willful denial, despite infallible proofs. Despite seeing the miracle uh, power working, power of God, seeing the power of God. Now, there might be times, and I have been there, there have been times when the Spirit of God has been moving, and I knew something was going on, but I didn't know what was going on. And I felt bad because I usually love being at church, love being in the presence of God, love it, love it. But I was just in a funk this day, you know, I was going through growing pains as a teenager. And I'm just like, oh my God, will these people ever hurry up? All right, I know. Okay, whatever. But I didn't get into the presence of God. Do you know how much time I spent thinking that I had blasphemed against the Holy Ghost? And now I don't get to go to heaven I blew it for the rest of my life. Well, here, let me give you this bit. If you are ever concerned that you have blasphemed against the Holy Spirit, that is a good sign that you have not. Because if you have truly blasphemed against the Holy Spirit, you really wouldn't care. You would have no fear of it. You wouldn't, nothing, nothing. So if you're one, can I can I interject here really quick? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things t- uh, also is um, those who have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit and they hear it for the first time, or they are in a room full of people who are in, speaking in their prayer language. They if they if they're not familiar with that and they don't know that that's the gift from the Holy Spirit, then they will attribute that to something that they don't know. What is that? Or if we are new to religion, some people have never in their lives dealt with anything Christian or or understand miracles. And you go into a healing and prayer service because your friend invited you. And there's a man there that has one leg longer than the other or someone lost their arm, part of their arm, and you begin to see it grow back. And you are looking at that because at some point, what you have seen was people levitating, Mm -hmm. people reading other people's minds, knowing Mm -hmm. that you've seen those things, but you've never seen the power of God restore and heal like that. And then all of a sudden you cannot take it in what that i don't know what that is that is not of god how but if you read the word of god that's what god did all the time he healed the blind he healed the sick he cast out demons that was the finger of god so we are not saying that there's has made there may not have been a time where because you have not understood the power of the holy spirit that you did not receive it. It was something that was new and unexpected to you. And therefore you didn't know how to comprehend it. But because you, 
in your heart could not give up on God. What you did was search and cry out to God, what was that? And one day when you were reading your Bible, because you decided that even, I don't know what they were doing, but I'm just going to trust you, Lord, and I'm just going to read your word. And all of a sudden you start reading about demons being cast out, about a demon that came to Jesus that had a thousand demons in him. No one could talk to him and had to bind him and he would break the chains. And then when Jesus came, he healed him and cast the demons out. And the man was clothed and sat down and was talking to him. And people were amazed. A woman who was bent over for 18 years, Jesus comes and lays her, his hands on, on her. And now she is standing upright. A child being cast in the fire and in the water because the demon is trying to See, you start reading these things, and now God sends you to the church where they explain these things, and these things are seen. Or things in your life start manifesting, and you have no choice but to go to the church house and have the pastors and the elders lay hands on you. So there is a distinction. There is a, a distinction, and there we even spoke earlier about the distinction between believers fully having a taste of the Holy Spirit and diversion. But I don't want to move too fast, although we are getting uh, deeper into the hour. I just wanted to make sure that you don't feel convicted because when you first seen these things happen or you began to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit that you didn't know what it was and you got scared and you said, I don't want any of that. There have been plenty of people who have done that, but because they recognized that they had been saved and they, God was calling them and the Lord was wooing them, they did not cast him away. They did not say, I don't want anything to do with this, with God rather. They just simply said that I don't want anything to do with what they are doing until they came to the understanding that all of this is God. And I also want to reiterate that the sin of unbelief had, was established in the Garden of Eden. That was when sin was originated. And that is the reason why Jesus came to reverse that because once you, once Adam and Eve sinned and they were separated from their God, Jesus had to come back and make amends so that we can have the opportunity to get back in fellowship with him. And in the Bible that I'm reading, the translation that I am reading, it simply makes the statement, let me, I, I can't even remember where I was at, uh, but it makes the statement that um, the kingdom of God came earlier than they expected, that they, they weren't ready they were still in their mindsets and they were still, and how many of us have been that way? We're still enjoying the sin that we're in. 
we're still enjoying living life on our own terms, living the way that we want. And the righteousness that God, uh, the Holy Spirit convicts us of is the immoral and godless lifestyle that we have chosen to live. And when we receive Holy Spirit, when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he gives us life and life abundantly. And we begin to live according to his uh, statutes and commands. We live a full life. We don't see sickness and disease in abundance. We don't see lack. Sin separates us from the true and living God, the one and only true and living God. And it separates us where we continue to live out a life that is void of a relationship with him and we live as our own God. We do what we choose to do because we like to do it. And it is, even if it's contrary to every law and every statue on heaven and earth, in heaven and earth. That is what sin is. It is the uh, about face. The about face saying, no, I want to do this my way. And I'm going to live any way that I want to. And I will not allow Holy Spirit to cleanse me, to help me get back to that place and state that I have been in before the, uh, before when, when um, God created the heavens and the earth and he created all things. Eternity with him. Prophet? Oh, okay. Amen. Praise God. I'm so glad. I'm so I'm, I'm listening. I'm drinking it up. <laughs> okay. So I'm so glad you brought that out. And again, the anointing for freedom is here. If you're like, oh my gosh, did I blaspheme the Holy Ghost? Because I sure said tongues was of the devil. Oh, I said, let me, let me, let me break, let me set you free right here. Blasphemy is willful denial, not ignorance. And that's what Apostle True was saying. You didn't know what it was and you identified it the only way you knew how. And that could have been because of experiences you had had in the occult or because of what you had learned through religion and through tradition or what your family values were or whatever. You identified it the way you knew how but you did that out of ignorance, not because, okay, no, 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 I, I know the power of God, but no, that is of the devil. You did not, you did not, and, and the sin that um, Apostle True was just talking about and about face and about the word that came up in my spirit was rebellion. Mm. I'm not going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it my way. And, and that is what blasphemy is as well, a willful denial of the power of God. So if you have experienced what you are now realizing was the power of God or, or what's now causing you to say, well, God, what, what was that? What? Cause I, I thought it was this and I said it was that, you know, understand you did not blaspheme. It was not your choice to set yourself against God. That's, that's the thing, the willful denial that's setting yourself against God. And I'm going to just put this in here, but I believe 
Apostle True, we'll just want to continue with a part three next month. But that's why in the footnote, we just glossed over it, only mature believers, only people who have tasted the heavenly gift, only people who have come to know and then deliberately, willfully turn their back on what God has done can blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. It's not ignorance. It's a willful denial. It's your making that choice not to acknowledge God, not to receive God, not to, to reverence his power. Not It's the same thing, making the decision not to receive Jesus. That's blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. And the reason it's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, it's the Holy Ghost is God's power doing it. <laughs> okay, that's that's the, the 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 one who draws you, the one who brings about the change in you, the one who and when you cut him off, again you've cut and, and it's this is why it's for believers. When you cut off the Holy Spirit, the one who's transforming you on the inside as you're renewing your mind to the word of God, because as long as we're on this earth, we need to be doing that. When you cut off his work in your life, then you've cut off the only thing that can restore you. And you're saying that you're turning your back on it, saying that I reject everything that he's ever done for me in the past. That's blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. So if you had a question in your mind, oh my God, did I do that? And, and of course, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I didn't mean to do it. Lord, I repent and all of that. And he'll accept all of that, but he knows your heart. Just like it says here in Matthew chapter 12, where it says um, Jesus knew their thoughts. Jesus knows your thoughts. That's not to use it as an excuse. That's to say that even, this is what I love about Jesus. Even when we mess up, he knows why we messed up. Mm -hmm. He knows the motives of our hearts. He knows what's on the inside that's got us so twisted that we need to be set free from so that we don't do those wrong things anymore. You know, God, yeah, he just loves us so much. So I'm speaking freedom to you. I'm speaking freedom to enjoy Jesus. I'm speaking freedom to recognize the power of God. I'm speaking freedom to release yourself from all the chains that you had yourself in, thinking that um, you, you have offended God, blasphemed against God. I command those chains that the enemy has attached to you to be broken in Jesus' name. The chains that say, oh no, God will never accept you. Oh no, you've messed up too bad. Oh no, there's no way you can get into heaven. Oh no, there's no way God can help you. Those chains are broken now in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I just speak a revelation of God's love to you. He loves you so much that he is not willing that you should perish. He's not willing that any of us should perish. He wasn't even willing that Pharaoh, who hardened his heart, should perish. But he does love us enough to let us go to hell if we want to. If we choose to be willfully disobedient if we choose willful denial of him he's not going to strong arm us and make us come to heaven he loves us enough to let us go but he loves you so much oh my goodness he's not willing for you to perish for you to be utterly cast out for you to be destroyed but that you come to repentance that you turn from your way of doing things to his way of doing things he loved you so much that he gave 
his only begotten son. And check it out. He gave his favorite. He gave his best. He gave his all on the chance that you would receive him. And if you were the only one who received him, he, he'd have done it anyway. Mm. That's how much yeah. our Father God mm. loves us. Mm. And if you are not a part of the body of Christ yet, if you have not received Jesus as Savior, made him your Lord, I am inviting you to do so now in the name of Jesus. Come mm. join this wonderful family. Come, come, come learn the heart of your Father God who loves you so much. Ah, that he knows your thoughts. He knows why you do what you do. And even more than that, he knows what you need to be set free from it. He knows what you need to be delivered from it. And even more than that, he acts on what he knows. Glory to God. Mm -hmm. He acted mm -hmm. by giving his son. And he acts by, by, by um, allowing Holy Spirit to come live inside of you and do the work that needs to be done. Ah! Whew, he doesn't just leave us like we are. Apostle True gave the example earlier on, standing at clear water. And then when you step in, you get wet. And then the further in you go, you know, more of you gets wet. You can't step in water and not get wet. You can't step in God and not be loved. You can't step in God and not be changed. Hallelujah. The only thing you have to do is step in. He'll do the rest. But you got to let him do the rest. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, so apostle. Oh, thank you, Jesus. For all of you watching, if you if you are a part of the body of Christ, begin to pray and praise in your prayer language. Come on, let's just call our brothers and sisters in in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit is ministering to your heart right now. He's saying, God loves you. He's saying, I love you. He's saying, there's nothing, you've not done anything so wrong that you can't come and be a part of this family. And I'm not talking about come in the back door and sit in the back of the room and, and don't make a peep so nobody notices you. You have as much a right to sit at the table as Jesus does when you receive him as Savior and make him your Lord. Hallelujah. And when you make him your Lord, he automatically becomes your Savior. He is the Savior of the whole world. That's what the scripture says. He is the Savior of the whole world, but he's only allowed to save those who allow him to save them. How do you do that? By making him your Lord, by saying, Lord, I'll do what you say, because I know you know how to live. I know you know how to live right. I know you know how to, to, to enjoy all the things that God has provided. I know you know how to succeed. I know you know how to, and your ways are better than my ways. So I'm just going to turn from my ways and turn to your ways. And I'm going to follow you down the path. And I'm going to live the good life like you. When you do that, then when you step into this pit, your Savior, Jesus says, oh, come on, and get you out. When you get into this trouble, your savior says, okay, do this. And because you do it, it works. You allow him to be your savior when you make him your Lord. Okay. Anybody want to join the family today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You all keep praying in your prayer language. Let's pray them in. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God.
If you would like to make Jesus your Lord today, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Repeat after me, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you were raised from the dead on the third day. I believe that you were raised from the dead on the third day. And I ask you, I, I, I make you my Lord. I make you my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my Savior. I thank you for teaching me. I thank you for teaching me. To live the life God intended for me. To live the life God intended for me. I thank you for my freedom. I thank you for my freedom. From all that has me bound. From all that has me bound. Thank you for teaching me your word. Thank you for teaching me your word. I choose to continue in your word. I choose to continue in your word. I choose to be your disciple. I choose to be your disciple. I choose to be free indeed. I choose to be free indeed. Ah, shaded I receive the truth. I receive the truth. And I don't turn from it. And I don't turn from it. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for teaching me. How to live this life. How to live this life. Mm. Mm. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the power to live above sin. I receive the power to live above sin. I receive the power to do all you have for me to do. I receive the power to do all that you have for me to do. I receive my heavenly prayer language. I receive my heavenly prayer language as a gift from God. As a gift from God. And I expect to speak in my heavenly prayer language. And I expect to speak in my heavenly prayer language. And to give you all the praise. And to give you all the praise. I receive it now. Oh, hallelujah. I receive it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I just want to tell you that if you prayed that prayer, you are in the body of Christ. I want to know, and I'm going to explain this because, again, there's something that religion teaches. Religion teaches that we have to confess our sins. I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy. I'm done wrong. I've done this. That is not what the Bible says to do to receive salvation. The Bible says to confess Jesus is Lord. And so when you said, I make you my Lord, mm, you confessed that he is Lord. Okay. And he became your savior, which means he will save you from those things that cause you to sin. He will save you from those things that are trying to destroy your life. He mm. will save you from going in the wrong direction because you will follow his directions and do what he says because that's the way to get out of the trouble that you are in. So mm. I want you to know another thing religious that I'm a sinner saved by grace. You can't be both. You're either a sinner or you're saved by grace. Yes. If you just joined the family, you are saved by grace, honey. Yes. 
and all that wrong. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you did five minutes ago. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care none of that. Guess what? God has thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness and he remembers it no more. It doesn't say he forgets it. You know, when we forget, it's like, oh, something slipped our mind. No, he chooses to remember it no more. Be free today. Be free today. And if you're already in the body of Christ, receive this word and be free today. Glory to God. Welcome to the family. You are a child of God and you have as much right to sit at God's table as Jesus himself. Glory to God. We'll get into this teaching one day, but you're already seated with Jesus right at God's right hand in heaven. That's where you are right now. Boom, mm -hmm. you're there. And you're worthy of it because he made you worthy. And so I want to leave you with this. Just like you didn't do anything to become worthy, you can't do anything to stay worthy. Just be worthy because that's what he made you. How do you do that? Do what he says. So with that, if you don't have a Bible, get a Bible. I don't like the King James. It's too hard to understand. Get a version that you can understand. Holy Spirit speaks it all. He will minister it to you. Get into a Bible-believing church, a church that preaches the truth. And if you want help finding one, you can um, contact Apostle True or myself, and we will be happy to help you. And both of us also, we have... Um, we have Bible studies during the week. We have classes during the week, all of that. And if you contact us, we can give you the um, information. Goodness me. We can give you the information so that you can join us. I'm, I'm on Zoom Thursday nights, and so I can send you a link and you can join. But get connected. That's what we want you to do. We want you to get connected. Okay? And email us. Let us know that you've joined the family. Email us. Let us know that you have a prayer request. Email us. Let us, you, let us know that you have a testimony. We'll be happy to hear from you. And we will respond. But we want to say welcome to the family. And let me tell you something. Hell lost a whole lot today. Hell lost a whole lot today. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Apostle, Apostle True. All right. So as we come to the end of our hour, I just simply want to say thank you once again. And I also want to say you don't only have to send um, questions and testimonies. Many people send us uh, disagreements. That is true. No, and we're okay if you don't agree with what we say or you have a different interpretation of what the word of God is saying or you simply just don't believe in that. Um, one of the demographics that usually um, respond to our conversations, our chats here, are men. Uh, they don't believe in a lot of, uh, a lot of people that I come across simply don't believe that there's a hell they don't even believe that jesus is real 
Ashlyn, if there is a God, uh, he's, some, he's impersonal. And so even with um, topics or, you know, things like that, if you have uh, an opinion about it and you figure you want to share it, we're not going to uh, tell you not to. You can go ahead. This is an open forum. Again, we are being used by God to present his truth. We stick to the word of God. We read from the Bible. We use multiple um, translations. And again, we are asking you to open your hearts and to receive the truth. You do not and you should not take what we say for uh, the gospel. You should receive what we're saying, but do the study for yourself. The word of God, Holy Spirit is going to do the work. He will be the one to reveal to you truth. He will be the one to bring you into the relationship with Christ. We don't do that. We simply expound and explain the word of God as Holy Spirit gives us. We love you. We Amen. have come to know and experience the one and only true and living God. And it is our desire that you do the same. It is truly, we love you. And we want you to know and experience him in his fullness. Here on earth, not at some present time or not when you're on, the, on your deathbed and you want to cry out to God because you don't even know the time or day. You may not have the opportunity to do that. So simply, I just want to thank you for always joining us. Again, if you have any um, concerns or questions, please reach out to us. And we just want to thank you and see you next week because we are not finished with this, but we will continue to move forward uh, with part three. And, and you may think we may be belaboring this, but we are not. The reason why we are talking about the salvation and the eternity is because if you don't have the foundation correct, how is it that you are going to be able to move on? Because many of you are, many of you have our believers, are strong believers, been in the church for 20 years, but some of your beliefs are erroneous. God is building the church and he wants to build you up. And if your foundation is not solid, if there is something, because you could be in church for 20 years, you could be a minister, you can be a pastor, and some things have just slipped by you. But God says, I want to deal with it now. Amen. Amen. Remember, when he's not looking for perfection, Christ makes you perfect. He is your righteousness. You're made righteousness Amen. when you believe in him, when you come to receive him as Lord and Savior. And he is going to continue to work on us, especially while we're here on this earth. So the foundation has to be correct because he can't get you to move to the next level or the next dispensation or the next understanding and, and uh, movement of God if you are still locked and bound up in tradition, religious strongholds and mindsets. This is why we do what we do. Amen. Amen. We want you to Amen. be strong in Christ and move forward with power and precision. Amen. All right. Amen. Let, let me just say this one thing, Apostle True. Mm -hmm. We do welcome your emails, even your opinions and all that. Just understand that, and especially if you don't agree with us, that kind of thing, but just understand we're not going to debate you. 
So if you're looking for a debate, you won't find that here. So Amen. just wanted to share that little bit. And um, I guess next month we will continue with um, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because we haven't even gotten to the believer yet. So I think that's what we'll carry on next month, right? Absolutely. So let's end like this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you have done. We thank you, Father God, for everything and every believer, Father God, that has cleared, Father God, the slate of any erroneous thoughts and beliefs in the name of Jesus. We just come against the spirit of error in the name of Jesus. Those who refuse to study the Bible, those who refuse to go to Bible study, those who refuse to, Father God, even look at something that has to do with the name of Jesus, and we come against it now in the name of Jesus. We declare that something has taken place. The cobwebs have been removed. Strongholds have been broken. Chains have been torn apart. The, everything has been disintegrated and you are starting anew to build, Father God, afresh in the lives of your people in the name of Jesus. We thank, thank you, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. We thank, thank you, Father God, for what Father. you're doing. We thank you for everyone who joined us. We thank you for those who will join us at a later time. We thank you, Father God, for everything that you do. Now, as we, Father God, move on and do the things that we do today, we ask that we do not, Father God, take for granted those supernatural things that you want to do and show us, Father God, for each believer. Thank you, Father. We just lift you up, Father. Thank we you give Lord. you glory and we give you honor. Thank you, Lord. We ask that you would cover each and every one of us. Thank we you, We ask Lord. that you would prosper and keep Thank in good health, each and every Thank one of them. And we ask Thank that you would bless Israel and its Thank people. You. Thank in you. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys. God bless. Have a great day. Shalom.